In this show, we have an Indie of the Week that'll cover all of your bases when it comes to historical wargaming. We have a fantastic Kickstarter that is trying to make airbrushing just a little bit easier. And on top of all of that, you can win yourself a fantastic Italian starter army from store.ontable.com simply by commenting down below. Remember to comment, share, like, subscribe, and share us out into the wild world. And remember, the weekend starts here. Yes, I am. <laughs> what an amazing intro, man! Oh my god, I, I, I totally feel underdressed. <laughs> I feel like I should be sitting with a sherry. What's that? Oh. That was awesome. Don't stop, Ben. Keep going. Sure. Keep well, going, anyway, now We're on a roll see. now, man. I'm, I'm telling you, your half our viewing audience is is swooning, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and the other half are just wishing they were you, man. Well, uh, oh, slick. Yeah. Right, go ahead, man. I'm just anyway. going to sit back and enjoy this. Everybody I thought. Enjoyed it. Everybody just, thought Jerry had dulcet tones until they heard that. Until oh, I got. My. Until I got ill. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to be a good Jerry intro. Yeah. Uh, so, I am joined this week. They've interrupted me now, so you all know who they are. But anyway, I'm joined this week by Warren, by Justin, and Lloyd. So we have two brothers, and Justin's back as well. It's this is like yeah. the old days. This, this is, is like weird. the old days oh. here. And yeah, we're going to pre yeti, a pre yeti, and we're going to be <laughs> taking a wander through the woods of on tabletop and whatever else has been happening within the tabletop world, and looking at all that kind of good stuff. Um, and can I just say, I, I just want to, I just want to point this out now, right? And um, people do wonder about the the format change and why we record uh, this way as opposed to um, in the studio. And primarily, this is the perfect example of why Ben could never have led a show in the old <laughs> way. Saying, no. Totally he could never have led a show in the old way because he sat on camera, but he didn't actually see anything that was going on in the studio. No, um, uh, where, uh, and when we would talk, Ben would have to sit there and he would be 15 minutes behind us all the time, you know, and then, and then finally kick it. This way, <laughs> Ben can lead from the front oh, and smooth the way for us all going forward. Oh, yeah. Ben, I feel like I've got laid, man. I, this has been... oh. And oh, and so good. We can all interrupt him in real time. How are you feeling about hurting those cats? Yeah, Feel well. free to interrupt us all in the comments, folks. Remember to hit that subscribe button, smash that bell, and what is the other one? On thumb the thumb up like thing. It's been a long um, time since you've been on YouTube, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. I, I wanna I just wanna start with an update. So this week we put out a, a playthrough of a new uh Reiner Knizia game. Or actually it's kind of like a reevaluation of a Reiner Knizia game called Huang, which comes from uh, the folks at um Fun Wang. Huang Huang. Hit you, Angie. Oh Huang. Uh, All right, okay. Not Juan. 
Huang. Or was it Well Huang? So this is fighting out. It's a pretty fun game. It is, yeah. So this is fighting out for control of ancient China. Uh, It's a sort of like an updated version of one of Ryan Knizia's older games uh, that's uh, coming to GameFound next week. So it's on the 28th of February. The GameFound is going to go live. But this is a good opportunity. Pause it, Lloyd. Pause. I know you're trying to say serious stuff here, Ben. But. (laughs) <laughs> right. Good Thanks, black. Warren. Front stage. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oops. Ding dong. Ding dong. Look, bring up that screen again with the guys playing, but net back just a couple of seconds, right? I just a little bit more. All right. Forward. Forward. Yeah. Well, well, right. Just play it from there. Why is it every time John is in a video, he looks like he's about to kill somebody? <laughs> Look at that stare. Here, here's the thing. Grief. John is not a board gamer. <laughs> he was, <laughs> Jeepers, creepers, Justin. It couldn't have that bad an effect on him. He looks like he's about to commit genocide. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it now. John has his hobby. It is his hobby. He loves his hobby. This is outside his hobby. Well, anyway, he enjoys playing. <laughs> anyway, everybody enjoyed playing a little bit of Huang uh, this week. So make sure to go and check out that gameplay pre- uh, preview. It means that you can get a kind of handle on what the game's all about before the game found campaign comes out properly next week. Go and check it out. Phalanx do great stuff. And obviously, it's got a massive name like Reiner Knizia behind it. So definitely go and have a look at that. So it's a massive Huang. I'm te- yeah, I'm telling you, so Ben. Massive Huang. If you keep up with these sultry tones, me and most of the viewing audience will be playing with our Huangs all weekend. What what horribleness have you unleashed? I like the way you wangled that in there, Ben. Oh, my God. Here, when you put it on the shelf, do you have to worry about the angle? of the wangle <laughs> oh, oh, oh this is atrocious this is atrocious I, I love that we're getting we're getting all of these suspect keywords in the very start of our year <laughs> yeah it's yeah within the section of... yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, five views for this video <laughs> YouTube demonetize go 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 uh, cool but yes updates out of the way let's get into the real awesome serious stuff so um, as Jerry would say the most important part of the week as Warren would also agree the most important part of the week we're going to be looking at some amazing stuff from the indies out there in the world so do you want me to do it or are you going to go for it warren do you know what i'm not feeling very well mate i've been down all okay. week i know you're not feeling very well either but you're much more sultry than me so please sure. you, okay. you, you do it and i will just bang so well join us for indie of the week <laughs> and the indie for this week is one that I searched through the annals of on tabletop history, and I'm fairly sure we've talked about them, but I think we've talked about them in the news rather than them as an indie. Uh, so we're going to be diving in and talking a little bit more about Victrix Miniatures slash Victrix Games slash Victrix Limited, uh, because they do amazing stuff. And over the last little while, they've actually been updating a lot of um, um, of their range with new releases and different scales and all sorts of different things like that, some of which will be very familiar to Lloyd, who's been playing around with small-scale stuff in World War II. Uh, but I thought yeah. it'd be worth diving which in. Which talking about in the XLVS show on Sunday. Which we do talk about in XLVS. <laughs> Uh, so make sure to uh, to uh, to dive in and watch that. But yes, let's let's dive in and start looking at what Victrix have to offer. So, Victrix um, are a uh, purveyor. I love that word, a purveyor of uh, plastic miniatures in twenty eight mil for the majority of their range, and they cover a whole host of different um, 
periods of history so uh, a lot of their focus initially was uh, around the idea of like Napole- napoleonics and stuff but they've also started doing stuff for the ancients period through to the dark ages and they've also got world war ii as well it's weird because they were all napoleonics but if you look at this page now there's not no barely, napoleonics on it just, exactly, just, yeah. just a touch that's it yeah, yeah um, just a, a dab of dragoon. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, so it, basically, we can ju- we can choose a period and go for it. Let's should we go with ancients to begin with? Yes, please. So yes, please. I'm, I've got a real ancient thing going on at the moment. I think I've been watching that whole ancient alien stuff again. <laughs> oh, it's got me going. It's got me going. <laughs> you mean the History Channel? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not aliens. But aliens. Aliens, yeah. Um, so they, uh, as you can see, they have a massive. Like, just pick whichever you want and open things. Lloyd, go for it and, oh my and, and, have, and have fun. Um, pick whatever you like, really. Um, but yeah, so they. One of the things that's really nice about the stuff that comes out of Victrix is very similar to what we saw, what we see from the likes of um, the Perrys and stuff, is that they do big chocker block plastic kits. Um, so they do them with you know more than your standard kind of ten models per side that you normally get in sort of like a you know a games workshop kit or something like that. And the other thing that's really nice about the stuff that Vitrix do is that it is so incredibly detailed. Um, everything that they do is incredibly well researched, and they go back through you know uh, reference documents and all sorts of different things and all sorts of books and, and you know look at how it's been represented in you know artwork and all that kind of thing. And they'll bring together fascinating kits that you'll be able to assemble in a whole variety of different ways. Uh, in order to bring together big, chunky armies on the tabletop. And what's quite nice is that they tend to do very much the the basics of everything you could kind of want. So, for example, with the Romans, you've got pretty much all of the legionnaires and sort of skirmishers and that kind of stuff that you'd ever really want to be playing around with in in in, in your games. Um, and, you know, sort of hitting all of those kind of notes that a lot of people will like if they enjoy that kind of um, Hollywood vibe for their games as well. So hitting that kind of classic Roman look with the big square shields, just and the segmentum away. armor, and, that kind of thing, <laughs> and the gladiuses, and then you've got the goths and the barbarians and <clears throat> stuff as well. So, so it's a really nice little selection of stuff that um, I know a lot of people uh, will pick up and use in their games across, you know, a variety of different yeah. sets and stuff like that. Well, look here, look, we've all seen Romans before. <laughs> Romans. Okay. Like, so like uh, we've done Romans. Uh, they're cool. They look like dwarves. They, they are cool. They're like Roman <laughs> dwarves. I mean, look, look at that. Look at look that, that old room. dude in the back with the head yeah. on a stick. What on earth are? What is that product called? I got to have me one of those the Celtic chariots with. Oh, they're not Romans the then. They're Celts. That's why yeah, they look yeah. like dwarves. There's Boudicca. a Boudicca as well, or a Boudicca. 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 Or Andrea, as I call her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go back to the go back to the page with all of the options. Right. No. Which uh, options? All the ancient options. Yes, yeah, all the ancient options. Right. Let's see if there's anything in here we've never seen. Right. So Balearic Greek archers and the Balearic stuff is pretty. Yeah, cool. Balearic yeah. slingers. So they must be slinging their Balearics all over the place. So if you scroll down. There, see that big yellow Balearic slingers? He just looks like a boxer, really. Numidian cavalry? The Macedonian cavalry. That's kind of interesting. Keep going down. Let's see if they tucked away the really interesting stuff. So Germanic warriors, we know, because we unleashed hell upon them. The Iberian warriors are pretty nice as well, and the Carthaginians are quite And then there's hoplites, and then if you keep going down... 
there's the Macedonians and the Persians. So now we're starting to get into the whole kind of uh, 300 Therm- Thermopylae kind of thing. Pretty much. And then we've got the Dacians. Mm-hmm. Keep going. <laughs> no Israelites. Well, no, well there are, we're not there done are yet. Knights and stuff, though. So <laughs> <clears throat> we're not done yet. Uh, done yet. That's that's now we're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, we did done. the box sets and stuff for Clash of Spears and things like that, which is quite nice. I have um, these guys. Have oh, you got these Balerics? Yeah. Oh, that's a tiny picture. He has those very tiny Balerics. Yeah. <laughs> You've got tiny Balerics, Lloyd. Yeah, because of Jerry, he bought me a Clash of Spears box set. He which did. Uses he bought you an army, stuff. hoping you'd play the game with him. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh. I have it half painted. Give oh, me okay. some slack. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> seeing a documentary where they were talking about them, and they actually found one of the, well, whatever the stone was, they threw from the sling. Oh, the had thrown it. Yeah, <laughs> we found one of their Balerics. Fossilized. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Well. The interesting thing was they had actually carved on the side of it whoever slung it, take that. They, had <laughs> they were into pop music and boy bands even all the way back then. So no, well. as in, whoa, 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 take that! <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I actually just get Lloyd to do a spit take? <laughs> yes, it's all that, man! Result, result. No, that, that needs clean. No, I have to clean that. <laughs> and now we have a swish. And we're back. <laughs> I mean, whoopsie. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> picking up where we left off. <clears throat> I just thought the, it was the, kind of an interesting thing. That the little Balerics. Yeah. They find a Balearic, and on the Balearic was inscribed a boy band name that yes. goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's brilliant. That is I think, brilliant. But, okay. I think what's quite I nice was about interesting. that is that the, the, for, the, for example, those two kits that we just looked at, sort of the Balearic slingers and the Numidian cavalry as well. That's Victrix filling in some of the gaps that gets left by a lot of things. So a lot of the time you'll think like, oh, Roman armies just made up of Romans, but actual fact they had so many of kind of auxiliary that fought alongside them and things and so picking up those kind of kits is great for sort of sliding them in alongside your roman army to essentially give you some interesting things to paint alongside your classic sort of roman army because you know at some point you're going to get a little bit bored of painting metal and red and gold and so having the option to paint other types of troops i think is a really nice way to go so this is what terrifies me about even considering doing a roman army is Everything is so regimented. Everything is so uniform, even down to like poses and stuff. Because a lot of times in like pictures, whenever you see them ranked up, identical mm. pose, everything's the same. Might as well just be a clone of the same guy. Mm. Having to paint the same miniature maybe 50, 60, 100 times. Mm. I'm sorry, I, I cannot, I will not, I refuse. Well, one of the one of the nice things about some of the stuff that they've done for some of their later kits. For, for like the Romans and things. So like I think it shows more in the Dark Age stuff than the the Romans actually is that you get a lot of interesting pose poses and things in there as well. So I mean they've did, they've been designed so that you can rank them up or have them in circles or whatever and use them for saga, whichever way that Jerry would prefer essentially, which is probably squares. <laughs> um but they they've been made more dynamic and I think these like particularly these late Roman infantry are just so cool. Um, and they they bring to mind a lot of that kind of classic Arthurian style and stuff. I bring together a little bit of that edge of the mythological alongside the historical, which I think is quite nice. Um, 
and it means that you can have a lot of fun sort of playing with the idea of like elite Romans, but also then going down the route of maybe being a little bit more um, personalized with your troops and the sort of how they come together, which I think is probably what maybe what you'd be interested in then, Justin, when it came to this. So you're not doing big regimented stuff, but you're doing yeah. slightly more loose armies and things at the tabletop. So there's more slingers as well. There you go. So yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I like the ones with the staff. Yes, yeah. I think that's very cool. Yeah. So- the, the thing is really they are gorgeous miniatures there's no doubt yeah, about it yeah right let's 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 uh tick on a little bit right so mm-hmm. we um we're in the dark ages now mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. so that's our vikings or normans or so, well okay viking dark ages is kind of no no vikings is dark ages isn't it yeah was anything after the fall of uh well it's ever, ever, everything after the, the retreat of the, of the romans Empire. Yeah, from Europe, the Roman Empire, and the and then it ends with 1066 yeah. essentially, so more or less. So, but they have covered all of the bases, so you have everything you could need for playing out. You know, large Saxon armies, Viking raiding forces, Norman invading forces as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the nice things about this is that they've done them in different sizes of packs as well. So they do like the big, large, vitrix size packs that they normally do, essentially. But then they'll actually do cut down versions of them as well. So if you want to just pick up maybe like a handful of units, maybe 12, 20 models or something, you can do that as well. So you can yeah. add them into Saga Forces. But again, if you look at the detail on these, it's just phenomenal. I know that a lot of people are a bit weirded out by the chainmail effects <laughs> yeah. that Victrix do, but I think it works quite nicely. I, I mean, you know, as someone who just wants to have the effect of chainmail, I think it actually works pretty well. And you see that it comes out really nicely when it's painted. Um, mm. You know, it'll be much of a muchness for some people. But didn't I know they, some people, for didn't some people they change that because of all the moaning? I thought they yes. changed it. Yeah, they did. They they changed it for some of their models because they were a bit like, why is everything covered in beehive holes or something? <laughs> uh, a lot of people uh, forget whenever you're seeing nice big pictures like this, you're looking for a three foot paint job when you're done. So right, you kind of exactly. need yeah. the detail that yeah. big to be able to pick it out. Just oh, look at that Viking army. Oh my God. So that, good. that is good, isn't it? It yeah, looks good. It's, it's, it's very much one of these places where you can come and if you want to get yourself a saga warband, you can pretty much pick up everything you'd need from it from one yeah. set, essentially. So you get everything in one place. You know, we're talking about saga all the time, but there we go. <laughs> we, we, mm-hmm. We've got to get it in there somewhere because Jerry. <laughs> Well, we have to use it as an example. <clears throat> yeah. And the other things that I think is really nice about this as well is that even with the um the 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 tunics and things, they've sculpted enough detail into the tunics for you to pick out with highlighting and shading. Because you can sometimes get um sort of warriors in tunics where it's all just very flat and you have to kind of really work to bring them out, otherwise they're just like big flat panels essentially. Yeah. And because they've got all the twists and the the uh, and the depth and things to the the tunics here. Speed paints and contrast are going to be your best friend on these. Yeah, or, yeah you know, just like you just highlights. literally look in here. Yeah, they're basically yeah. be washed or contrast. Yeah, pretty much. Washed. Yeah, it looks like a wash. Yeah, <laughs> and it's picking out it's picking out all the folds and stuff. Like you say, Ben, a lot of minis don't have that much definition, so you have to get in there with the paint. Yeah, and try to make it look defined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. What are the, what else have they got then, Lloydy? If you scroll up to the uh, top, what other big categories? World War Two is there. Uh-huh. So which of those would interest you, Warren? Um, well, let's quickly flick through the Napoleonics just mm-hmm. so as we can see. I know they have a huge Napoleonics range, so it's yeah, so, like they so have they've everything been, covered on that. Yeah, so they've been doing the Napoleonics for a very long time. I remember the first time that I ever went to salute the big thing from Victrix was 
Napoleonic troops mm-hmm. <laughs> on the tabletop, essentially. And that they've done everything that you could ever really want for building up the Brits and the French and everything else in between as well. So if you're looking to play out Waterloo on the tabletop, they've pretty much got you covered. And yeah. again, one of the, Look at uh, you know, it, it comes with the same amount of detail that you expect from all the Victrix kits. The other thing that's really nice about Victrix, and it's something that I've seen a few other companies start to do now as well, is having dynamic horses. So one of the things that I've always had has always been a little bit of a bugbear with me when it comes to static units. Uh, is like, it horses, looks like yeah, it looks like bodies. they're on parade, but it actually looks like they're properly charging into the heat of the battle. And you know, yeah. you know, smashing through ranks of uh, of enemies, or you know, chasing people down and that kind of thing, and that's what you want when it comes to Sean Bean wouldn't stand a chance against them. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't or, care or what he... square he goes into. Not I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I see. He, surely there'll be some rundown building that he can sneak into. Yeah, probably, and just like whisper bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's go to his World War Two range. Then do we see? Yeah, so the World War II range is the one that's come out uh, and been developed over the last year or so, maybe two years, uh, and sort of come together very, very quickly. So they've decided to go with 12 mil as their scale, which I know a lot of people gripe about, but as Jerry has pointed out continually whenever we've covered this kind of thing, 12 mil is a scale that works with a heck of a lot of other stuff. So, you know, it's not like you're going to be losing out to playing 12 mil, essentially. Yeah. Um, but they have done large armies for the Germans, the Brits, the Americans. They've started work on the Soviet stuff now as well. Uh, so Shea will be happy, which is mm-hmm. which is always nice. Soviets um, is the latest stuff. Soviets is the latest look, stuff. They're looking oh, sweet. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. looking good. I um, think I might have a look at some of this from my train layout that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the XLBS, I'm looking at a train layout in around the sort of scale that you could play Flames of yeah. War on. Yeah. So I might look at these because they might be a better a better match to the trains. I, I've got. Do you know what, Lloyd? That 12 mil is good. If that's 12 mil, if 12 mil equates to 144, 144 scale, yeah. Yeah. that's a common... Um, model aircraft scale, if, yep, I, it's, if I remember it works right. for all the sort of like air fixy stuff and everything. <laughs> so you could do so, some airfields well, and things then, maybe. Even in yeah. Flames of War 144 is what they use for the aircraft. Uh-huh. Because aircraft are actually quite big, so in terms of ground scale, yeah, they, they don't use the, the actual 1100 scale aircraft, otherwise they'd be gigantic compared yeah. to, yeah. you know. Although, where, where is the man well, who is following the man with the rifle? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably in here <laughs> somewhere. Asking for a friend. The other thing that's really mm. nice about this stuff again is that it doesn't sacrifice on the detail. detail. It, it's mm. still Victrix levels of, of quality. So mm. they've they've gone in and they've been like, well, we're going to make troops in 12 mil, but we're not going to give them <laughs> big head, big hand <laughs> syndrome. We're going to make yeah. them feel like yeah, the proportions scale, do gorgeous. look better on these. The, the, yeah. Well, different on these. I'm not going to say better. They they do look a bit more and in they're keeping a little with true skill. Yeah. Mm. And you get a lot in the pack. I mean, you get a lot of them. <laughs> that's thirty quid, and you get like enough. Basically, hold on. Well, one hundred eighty-four. That's like a full. One hundred eighty-four yeah. men. Yeah. For thirty quid, you're done pretty much. Yeah. That's like, you that's know, like buy that and off to, you go. That's like that's going like, to pick up some of your old army men from back in the day or something. <laughs> yeah. But you can see there's a list there of all the different types, so it's not yeah, just yeah. one hundred eighty-four riflemen. Mm-hmm. You've got your your heavy weapons teams, your specialists. With the US, you've got your SMGs, your bazookas, yeah. your Thompsons, and mortar teams, and everything like got, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got them in different stances as well. So you have your machine gun team 
running across the battlefield and then you have it set up so you can do what i like doing which is having that dynamic change between the two so you have them running along and then when they're set up you change the models out for the other ones where they're all set up i think it's quite nice um you know totally unneeded but it's very cool <laughs> nonetheless not nonetheless but uh, and the, yeah. the, the beauty of that particular scale is if if, <clears throat> if like me you are a Do the World War Two air things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what were you saying? Because you cut out there yeah, for a yeah. minute. <laughs> <clears throat> I was saying you could do a World War Two airfield. Yes, uh, you could, and and stick like uh, one of the Avril, uh, sorry, Avril Lancaster bombers and stuff on it. You know, as a real centerpiece. You know, mm-hmm. with your Spitfires or Hurricanes or whatever all lined up. You know, it's it. You know, uh, with your ten with your aircraft hangars, your ten huts and stuff like that. There, I think it'd be amazing. I, I just think it would be, you know, you could do the whole Operation Sea Lion kind of assault on. <laughs> you could do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming in on the south coast of. You just need a, a dad's army in 12 mil and then away. Right. Yeah. Let's move on. I want to look at one more aspect of the, the site because I, I just, I had noticed that it said something like modeling or something up there on that menu. I don't know if there's anything in there, but it's, um, if we can have a, a have a look at that and see. It's mostly bases. Yeah, so they do a they do a bunch of bases that you can use for your armies. But if you scroll down, the things that I really like are the skirmish movement trays. Sabats, sabats. Yeah, sabats. so you know, you know, it's easy enough to get your hands on those. They're, they're, they're a thing that a lot of other companies make and everything like that. But I think in a game, well, in games like you know ancients and stuff and dark age where you are you potentially are moving larger forces of men, picking up some of these to go with your vitrix stuff. I think is probably quite a good idea. Um, especially if you wanted to, if you want to delineate between kind of big ranked up um, forces of Romans and then a set of skirmishes at the same time, using stuff like this is quite a nice yeah. way to go. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not a massive thing, but it's a nice little sort of addition that they've thrown in there as well. They well, also you, do like all the transfers. Ooh, 20 uh, mil round paces. This works for me. I must have a look at this. There we go. Mm. Oh my God, we found something. Lloyd can do some shopping. <laughs> better, than, better than your 3D movement <laughs> nice. trips. Yeah, better than 3D movement trays, that's for sure, yes. <laughs> well, Sandwich there we go. Like that. That, cool. that is our Indie of the Week. We are going to take a swish, and when we come back, Ben will be taking us through the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the Muck news <laughs> and back to dive into the news um, we're going to be starting things off with a little bit of lovely community awesomeness um so as you'll know um recently we've been diving through pretty much everything <laughs> blood and plunder and uh, we've been unboxing we've been doing painting tutorials we've been doing all sorts of different things we've had the vlog where justin's been showing off his awesome troops and we've been planning out games all sorts of different things like that well, uh, over on Blood and Pigment, which is a site dedicated to Blood and Plunder, they are running a new painting competition uh, for the next uh, couple of months focused uh, on getting stuff ready for their Summer of Plunder, which we're going to be you know, talking about as well as we come up close to it as well, because we like seeing what other people are doing. Um, so the purpose of this painting competition is that you can paint up anything. You can paint up characters, units, ships, entire forces. Uh, you can even do an entire fleet from Oak and Iron if you would prefer. And you simply dive in and paint things up and you fill in the forms, take lovely pictures, and away you go. And um, who who are Blood and Pigment? So Blood and Pigment are just a little tiny uh, sort of um, 
community of people who love Blood and Plunder and have been working alongside Farlock Games for a really long time to create really interesting content and stuff for them. So if you if you, if you want to know more about Blood and Plunder, you can obviously watch our videos, but of course, because we're amazing. But you can also come <laughs> and check out what they've been doing too. So um, they are going to be uh, offering up prizes for a whole different variety of, of uh, skill levels. So if you're someone who's just getting started, there'll be something for you. If you're someone who's a master painter, then you can dive in and, and potentially win yourself some prizes as well. Um, the, the, as I say, the main focus of what they're trying to do is they want to try and make it so that people are going to have forces ready and raring to go for the Summer of Plunder, which is going to be their big um, summer campaign played out over a couple of months there. Um, this competition will run from February the 26th through to may the 14th so you've got plenty of time to dive in and uh you know provide some uh, awesome photos and things of your finished work um and you know what you could do you could always dive into our project system and you can make a little project about all the work that you've been doing which would be really fun to see uh, and then maybe we'll have a look at that in some community spotlights and stuff in the future as well but yeah if you're interested in blood and plunder and you've been following us on this journey into Farlock Games' amazing system, uh, then maybe uh, have a look at this as well and see if you can nab yourself some prizes at the same time. <coughs> Very cool. Very cool yeah. indeed. Mm. Now, is it just the pirates, or are they okay with you entering stuff for, say, Blood and Valor? Uh, it, it's, it's all pirates. So it's all, all Blood and Plunder-based okay. stuff, yes. And they have to be official miniatures from Firelock, obviously. But, fair, uh, fair. There we go. <laughs> you do have plenty of options now. You definitely do. All those new plastic kits are very lovely. And, uh, of course, you could always dive back into their sort of collection of metals and stuff in the past as well, if you prefer to. So, yeah, lots sure, of plenty, sure. lots of interesting things to dive into and have fun with. But, yes, moving on from that, Destiny is All. Possibly one of the best TV shows slash Netflix shows the last little while, The Last Kingdom. Oh, it's so good. Uhtred, Uhtred of Bevenberg. <laughs> never get tired of saying your name it's so i cool. don't know it's not been the same since he started calling, calling them what was it shit stain or shit what was it <laughs> oh what was it piss something i don't know <laughs> anyway that, we're demonetized now so it doesn't matter <laughs> oh do we have to bleep that i, I don't know no, no, no it should be fine. fine but no i try keep trying to get into that show and i just can't get on with oh, it i'm sorry it's amazing i'm sorry it's amazing well maybe it's better than vikings i think the early vikings i think it's it's it, i think it's better than Late season Vikings. So, Late season yeah. Vikings was about yeah. balls. I'm actually enjoying the new Vikings spin-off more than I did the oh, later the seasons. Yes, yeah, so I'm oh, quite liking that actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, but anyway, The Last Kingdom is getting a board game, which is going to be coming to Kickstarter from Game Lin Games. This is going to be a two to five player affair where you will take on the role of uh, Destiny's or where you'll take on the role of any of the personalities mm. from the Last Kingdom show. So that could be the likes of uh of Uhtred himself, or you know any of the other uh, additional characters. That, that's Uhtred. That's Uhtred in the center, looking very He's mean. Uhtred, Uhtred of Uhtred of Uhtred of Uhtred. <laughs> <laughs> Handsome looking dude, gotta say. You've also got King Alfred in there as well, on the right. looking very Is that cool. Alfred the Great? Alfred the Great, yes. yeah. Um, so you'll be able to dive in and play as some of these different characters, and the, the focus of this is that you're essentially trying to be the ones that come out on top after two big rounds of play. So what will happen during gameplay, from what we've, we've learned so far anyway, is that you will um, you will plot and scheme with a hand of cards in order to try and uh, win control of each one of the five different areas 
each each round essentially so you'll be playing cards to either you know garner support from the saxons or the vikings because that's one of the big themes of the show is the idea that utred is like half saxon half viking or in you know and so it's kind of wrestling with that and so you'll fight for control of the different regions and if you're able to come out on top on the right side on each of those different rounds you'll get yourself victory points and the person who has the most victory points at the end of the game is going to be the one that you know takes control of all of england and the last kingdom ha 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 i see what they did there we, cool. <laughs> are the minis actually 28 mil square sort of size are they uh apparently yes so they're going to be 28 32 style uh, style scale so if you're interested in maybe just picking up the miniatures that would be pretty awesome as well so they're, I'm, I mean, I'm just the, saying the renders saying. do look pretty damn good. The renders do look very nice. It, it, you know, the proof will be in the pudding, but Gamelin have done some really nice stuff in the past for their tiny Epic series where they did a lot of plastic miniatures for that. So they're no uh, stranger to making plastic miniatures for their. <laughs> I love the way it's a Netflix series and BBC or isn't anywhere to be seen. Was it a yeah. BBC? It was a BBC show originally, isn't it? The BBC was, yeah. did it originally, then they dropped it. And no, then Netflix no, picked no, it up. So. No, it's would... Netflix, no, it's a Netflix original. It always it always makes me chuckle a little bit thinking about this because Justin, first time I was watching this, Justin was watching Vikings and I was watching this uh, and oh, we yeah. had a conversation. We even had a conversation on the weekend or the XLBS, yes. one of the two. And we had like a five minute conversation about comparing how good the show was. And we were talking about completely different shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, I, I love the bit in the boat. Yeah, they're, they're fighting with there. the sword. Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, it's so good. It's too good. <laughs> It's almost as if the Dark Ages is the Dark Ages, but there we go. I think this one's going to be really fun. I, as I say, I like The Last Kingdom. It's got vibes of kind of Brett Valder and um, The King is Dead about it as well. And those are two great games. So it'll be interesting to see how it matches up against those. Um, but yeah, watch out for this one coming to Kickstarter very soon. Yeah, nice stuff from there from GameMed. Very cool. Awesome. Who's next? Uh, next up, uh, we're going to be looking at some stuff from the folks at Steamforged Games. Uh, so Steamforged uh, run their sort of Epic Encounters collection, mm. which I think yes. is amazing. Uh, they're very good sets of miniatures for use with your D&D 5th edition games, where you basically set up everything you need as a, as a DM and you can sort of dive in and just have fun. Um, their latest one of these uh, is uh, around lizard men and dinosaurs. Lizard men, dinosaurs. Oh yes. Uh, so the main box set for this um, this release is called the uh, the step of the um, of the lizard thane, which comes with I think it's eighteen miniatures. Yes, it's eighteen miniatures in the set uh, that will allow you to play out a series of different encounters. Uh, before you get to your boss, which we'll talk about in a second. So, yeah, each of these sets comes with all the miniatures you need alongside a sort of pamphlet or a sort of little game book that walks you through how you might introduce them into your games of D&D, alongside a battle mat so you can play things out on the tabletop. But essentially, pictures of this stuff anywhere, do they? Yeah, if you if you click on the step of the lizard, uh, lizard, yeah, if you click on each of those box sets, you'll see even more of the uh, images of what's inside the sets and things. Um there, you can scroll. Oh, there you go. go. That's what it looks like when it's all set up, essentially, on the tabletop. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, so it comes with everything you need to get started. The only thing you really need are obviously <laughs> people to play the game, your D&D rules, uh, and and some sort of a little bit of jiggery-pokery here and there to make sure that it fits into whatever you're sort of playing with your in terms of level. Uh, I mean, you know, th this level is one here. that I would say would pair up beautifully with some of the low battle mat stuff. What do you think, well, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. You know, it's a nice source of um, uh, self-contained narrative in a box, basically. You've mm. got all your minis and everything there. So yeah, that's the main you know, thing. Once you, you know, for, in one, one fell swoop, you have everything you need to, to do some yeah. 
great campaigns. Or, Ben, what I would be very tempted to have uh, these for is to pick them up. Say I had a and d group. Pick one of these up every, once or twice a year, maybe, and just run it as a side quest. Exactly. You could do you could do that as well. Easily. You could easily just dive in and use this as a sort of like nice way to kind of segue things away from your main campaign. As you most have that traveler on the road with a message saying, go here. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the miniatures are great as well. They're the big one piece um, sets that uh, Steamforge do. So, you know, they have that quality about them, yeah. which is always nice. Yeah. Um, so as well as the step of the list on there for your painting. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so as well as the main set, which is the Step of the Lizard Thane, which comes with all the sort of the 18 models for you to play out your encounters. You also get the big boss set, which is What's called the, the Nest of the set? Dinosaur. This one, isn't it? Yeah. This is yeah. the big boss set, which is called Nest of the uh, Nest of the Dinosaur. <coughs> and it comes with, who would have thought it? A dinosaur. So it's a big two-headed uh, T-Rex style creature. Uh, so two heads, but still two tiny arms. <laughs> now, does one control one tiny arm and the other control the other tiny arm maybe maybe they're both as ineffectual as each other yeah <laughs> uh, and so this is going to be the big monstrous boss fight for you to dive into and again comes with the battle mat comes with rules for how you'd ingratiate that into your D campaigns and everything else at the same side but uh yeah um a really nice little set of of stuff that once again follows the format that they've done for the rest of the epic encounters range i will say with the epic encounters range as it stands now I mean, Lloyd had a little bit of a look at their sort of section earlier, but that 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 section of their store is now packed with stuff. Yeah. They have goblins, they have like ice warriors, they have worms, they have orcs, they have ghouls, they have your standard goblins, they have a massive red dragon. Mm. They have pretty much anything that you could want for setting up a cool D&D encounter. And what's quite nice about this, I think, is that if you, if, if D&D or like role-playing games in general are your big, um, thing within your group mm. splitting the cost of a box of one of these with your dm or something just to help them out i think it won't take much you know it would be great split amongst like mm. you know four yeah. or five of you well, and you that, could... that that big dino one would be perfect for our group at the minute because one of the guys in the group has <laughs> actually tamed a dino well there we go <laughs> really? yeah <laughs> uh, we're we're running through Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, well, that, well, yeah. There's even you're being too easy on that guy if you've let him tame a dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> honestly, he had to crit a couple of times. So honestly, the dice guards just went, "Yes, you can have this." Um, but yeah, so it, it, you know, as I say, if you split this with your with your group, uh, and you get once one person in your group who's really good at painting to do all the painting side of it, suddenly the GM or the the dungeon master doesn't have to do all the work and spend all the money. Uh, and you can have a, a a big good time with this. The other thing that's really nice about this, I think, as well, is that if you're putting together a collection of models for kind of like wandering monsters and stuff in your skirmish games, mm. these are perfect for that. As well as just creating little warbands for the you know the myriad of skirmish games that exist yeah. out there. Because if you want to make a little goblin warband, well, what's better than this unique set of 18, 16 miniatures or whatever? that you could, you know, pick up from the Epic Encounters set and just paint up and use in your games, because they're all like 28, 32 mil models. Mm. Um, so they'll fit in with everything else that exists out there. So I think it's I think these are these are I think these are really good. Well you're not the only fan. Let me introduce you to um on Tabletop's newest greatest fan who's decided to climb up here. <laughs> this is Storm. Oh, Hello, wow. Storm. <laughs> Bye. Uh, Storm <laughs> is obsessed with on tabletop and miniatures gaming. Um, I have never seen a cat 
that loves watching us, especially Justin. I, I think she thinks your mouth is a, is a mouse or something, um, but, but she just adores it and uh, uh, constantly coming up and looking at the miniatures on my, uh, on my screen and stuff. So that cat is a total war gamer at heart. Uh, well, I yeah. see our, our one at home. She is obsessed with video games. Oh, Any, anytime we're playing uh, on the PS5, the PS4, or I'm on PC, she will literally walk up. I don't know how she does it. She can Traitor, you should on. punish that cat. Needs to get into war gaming. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know how she does it, but she can find shortcuts on my keyboard that I didn't know existed. Well, there we go. Mm, there you go. The cats are the real masters. <laughs> Who's I, next, I, I Ben? <laughs> Talking of masters, uh, we have a couple of new sets that come with some masters in them. Ha 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 ha. Uh, for Malifaux. Um, so Malifaux is constantly expanding, and we always talk about how that we should dive into doing a little bit more of this. Um, I know that when uh, when Free was with us, her and Jerry were thinking about doing some stuff like that. So hopefully, if this is something that we'll crack into later in this year, that would be pretty cool. But um, yeah, so there's going to be two new starter sets coming out for Malifaux. Uh, one of them is based around the Arcanists, and the others around the Ten Thunders. Uh, they follow the same formula as the previous starter sets from Weird for Malifaux. So they come with pre-assembled plastic miniatures within each set. So you're not having to worry uh, about the fiddliness that sometimes comes with the Malifaux kits. Although if you've been working with any of the more recent 40K or you know Warhammer Age Sigmar kits, you'll know that fiddly is not necessarily uh, an issue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they all come with pre-assembled miniatures in them. You also get all of the markers, the fate deck, the widgets and everything else that you need for playing the game. I think one of the big, the best things is getting that awesome themed deck, that fake deck for use with Malifaux. So you can dive in and have some fun with that. Um, so yeah, some some really nice little options there for two new factions for you to dive in and play through some Malifaux. If you've not heard of Malifaux before, it's definitely one of those skirmish games that I would recommend going and having a deeper look at. They have a new edition out that, that's been out for a little while now, but they have been going through all the different factions, providing people with loads of different options for start sets. They've got lots of expansion content out for it as well. They also have a role-playing game called Through the Breach. There's a new book coming out for that that's also going to be landing in March alongside those two two new start sets. And there's also the other side as well. So the other side was well, so Malifaux is set within this strange world on the other side of portals where they're trying to, you know, get all the different resources from the creatures on the other side. And then on the other side, ha ha ha, it's that's kind of within our world. So it's kind of telling a sort of like twisted version of our own history at the same time. And it comes with amazing models in that as well. And they've done a really nice job of kind of connecting all of that tissue together to create some really interesting tabletops and stuff. Um, so if you're interested in diving in and having a look at uh, Malifaux, you can't go too far wrong with uh, $45 or even a little bit less if you're probably getting it from your friendly local gaming store somewhere else. You don't need a lot of minis to get started. There's just four no. in there. Yeah, exactly. you don't a, a handful of miniatures, a four by four table, maybe even smaller than that. Mm -hmm. And you literally dive in and have fun with it. It also has one of those really nice things that I like about skirmish games where you bring your entire collection, then you find out what the scenario is going to be, and then you pick and choose <laughs> from that in order to have in order to find out how what you oh. do in the game and stuff. So well, it's well, cool. well that messed up the four minis thing. Now you gotta have a whole selection of minis. Well you don't have to. You can, you can <laughs> well, start, start out with start, four, starting but, out it, it's yeah. like so, playing Magic the Gathering. If you're Star Deck versus you know. Star Deck, you should be pretty okay. Yeah. But it's one Although, of the things where I like I'm sorry, go on. Sorry. Uh, well one of the key aspects of Malifaux that I have always adored is the ability to remove some of the randomness, getting a bad roll. Yes. You know, being yeah. able to like swing the fates towards what you want to happen a little it's bit more cool. yeah, which yeah. always makes a more engaging game for me anyway mm -hmm. yeah they, they're definitely going to a really nice job with that to make it a little bit more 
a little bit easy, a little bit more fun to play, I'd say, mm. than the traditional dice games and things. But yes, Malifaux, go and check it out. See what you think. Two new starter sets dropping in March. Very nice. Right. Uh, we're going to be closing things off uh, with a look at uh, some Nerf guns. No. Oh, <laughs> so my favorite. Well, they're, you know, it's their Space Marines with Nerf guns. So this is the pre-orders that are coming up this weekend for one of 40,000. I'm sure a lot of people saw this coming. So we're going to be seeing Strike Force Agastus, because naming conventions are hard, mm-hmm. uh, landing uh, this weekend for pre-order for one of 40,000 and the Space Marines. This new set comes with all of the sort of new stuff that's dropping miniatures-wise from Games Workshop. So you get the new Desolation Marines with their weird as hell guns guns on guns um, i yep. <laughs> still detest these i i i uh, i think some this is as, weird as, guns on guns yeah as someone said uh, about this 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 clearly feels like someone in a in a design department who was told <laughs> to do something different and they were like don't make it like anything that's ever happened before. Make them unique. Make them look special. And they've gone, how do I do that? Space Marines have been around since like the late 80s or whatever. Um, no, you know exactly what they've uh, done then. They've went and watched The Fifth Element. Well, well yes, that is also the, <laughs> that is also what they've done. <laughs> so you get the Desolation Marines in there, which can be done in two different flavors. You also get the new Brutalist Dreadnought, which I actually got to say I quite like. Uh, what? Artist Dreadnought. No, no. Brutalis. Oh, Brutalis. My apologies. All right, okay. And it does I, I was, I was, I was about to... My mouth... Yeah. <laughs> they called it this? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like... <laughs> so that's the new heavy sort of combat version of the Dreadnought, which is quite nice to see that it's not. It's no longer just the Preserve of the Blood Angels with the Furioso. So I'll be picking up maybe one of those mm. for my Space Marine Force. Um, you also get a new Primaris Lieutenant, which, of course... But this one's been designed so that it has all the different options from the uh, the data sheet. So it, it, previous to this, you could pick up a Primaris, Primaris Lieutenant, but it would only have one or two weapon options on it. This one has everything. So you can make your Lieutenant fit into whatever you like or use him as a captain or whatever in your, in your games. So um, he's, he's not the limited edition one where if you don't buy it now, you don't get that weapon option? No, no. Uh, and also what's quite nice about this, uh, this set as well, is that it comes with all of the rules in that little strike force booklet as well. So you know, I'm having to go and then hunt out or wait for the next codex or something to use your models and things like that. Obviously, obviously, all of these miniatures are going to be available separately in the future. So don't feel like you need to dive into the FOMO to pick this up. Um, but if you're interested in adding to your Space Marine Force, then you have the option to do so. You can obviously go and pre-order it from Stored on tabletop. Swing. There you go. Yeah, we we have some copies landing this weekend. Yeah. Um, so you can go and pre-order that and and dive in and, yeah. and grab yourself some more space marines to go with your space marines that sit alongside your space marines. So yeah, and throw out the ones <laughs> with guns on guns or convert them into something useful, like or a blaster. Something useful. Yeah, I don't know what throwing them out. That's half your force you're throwing away. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I I just. I don't understand what they were thinking when they made this. Do they have it, close-ups of these on the GW site somewhere? Maybe uh, in the, the video? There might be some in the video, yeah. but um, They just look naff. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, think... I'm generally pretty positive whenever it comes to miniatures, but these are naff. Yeah, I think, this, I think it's because they look a bit too... toy Maybe it's also, you know, the whole Nerf gun thing. I mean, that what I've gotten about, used but, to recently yeah. since Primara Space Marines came out is they're very regimented yeah, the in how the video, weapons look. The Everything's very much regimented, same style of weapon, 
great, grand, wonderful. And then you have this where everybody's gone. It's like they've just went in to you know the the build your own like lightsaber or droid at Disneyland. Yeah, or, it's like they <laughs> went Nerf, in and did that. Nerf has the same thing where you can basically you get all the components and you can just start assembling it and clicking yeah. it yeah. together. I just, so, it, 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 I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not much plus. But then, <clears throat> my my relationship with uh, uh, with 40k and Space Marines in general has <clears throat> dwindled dwindled over the years. I, I've, I find more interesting things. So I, I will admit I'm not massively invested in it. But I look at them and they don't they don't particularly bother me. You know, it's um I, again they're easy to see on the tabletop what they are. Yeah. Um, which is uh, which is always cool. They've got a they've got a decent um, silhouette to them um, again, wow. which I like. So so from the aesthetics uh, perspective, if I didn't know anything about Space Marines, um, uh, I'd think, hey, they're 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 darn cool. I think the issue that we have is the baggage that we carry from knowing so much about them, and th- there is no doubt that. It's very difficult to talk about war gaming and uh, science fiction and stuff, and then to have uh, it lacks realism. But you have to understand. Uh, uh, okay, there is <clears throat> there is a very delicate balance mm. between uh, in terms of how you keep um, a realistic uh, touch to your science fiction. And um, uh, for me, uh, that originally was the fact that. Um, space marine vehicles v- rarely left the ground. Um, you know, the the heavy land raiders and things like that. That slow moving, purposeful kind of uh, thing. So, um, it, it, like that, and the imperial guard uh, felt very grounded. But then, on the opposite side of the scale, your Eldar felt very light. You know, you they felt like they would be doing somersaults during a battle, where Space Marines. You know, it never felt like they were somersaulters to me. You know, it was um, so it, uh, there was a we sometimes call it grittiness, but grittiness re- requires um, itself to hook itself onto certain aspects of realism to ground it. And I think what we uh, what, what we are getting to now um, is the stage where it's uh, becoming more and more difficult to ground um, uh, these things. But like I said, we are coming at it from years of exposure to this, True. where the, these, albeit pretty small things, like it's just a change of a weapon, mm, but it no, feels that's... jarring to us. But certainly to the, the new players and all coming through, they'll just they'll just slide into this the way we slid into it um, a decade, two decades, three decades ago. There's yeah, also a potential rules pitfall as well, where a lot of those, because they're not all the same weapon, you could have a unit where you maybe have three, four different weapon profiles, which is just going to slow your game down trying to work. Yeah, but we, we've them. always like, had that in 40k, Justin. I bet it, the worst offender for that was the repulsor because you had seven different weapon systems on there that all had to be rolled individually. Yeah. And so for that that one unit or that one thing on the tabletop, it slows your game down so much. And yeah, but we're talking about forty k here. It's a slow game anyway. Nobody ever said yeah, it's fun to play, right? You, yeah. see, you take that tortoise <laughs> and take a leg off, and it's even slower. That's worse. No, it's it's just more of the same, really, isn't it? At the end of the well, day, more of the you know, same. If you want something worse, if you want something slicker, um, it's time to start looking at the uh, firefights, you know, um, or warpath, or or one yeah. of these, uh, yeah. or even one day rules. 
because that, that's or even one page rules. Folks, yeah, that's where a lot of folks down in the club have landed is one page uh-huh. rule, faster, slicker system. Yes, what it did, but, but you know, you can pick any game you want to play with oh, the, yeah. your toy soldiers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but in this instance, um, I don't actually mind these particular toy soldiers, I wouldn't be. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm not that invested in it anymore to, to worry too much, uh, uh, too much about it. And I can see it from the perspective of new players coming in. They'll just slide right into that. It looks yeah. cool to me, you know, it's, and, and they, they'll enjoy it. So um, am I officially a grognarg? <laughs> It happens to us all, Justin. <laughs> look, at it Cap- does. look at Captain Alpha Strike complaining about too many rules. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think. Uh, I think there comes a point where we have, uh, you know, we you have to start to look at some of these things in isolation because the baggage they carry is too much for it to uh, uh, for you to wrap it up in everything that came before. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, but here you're only going through what I went through whenever um, Space Marines started to ha- introduce these flying tanks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. you, you, you know, had I the, never the liked the land speeders. Then, I thought yeah. the land speeders were crossing the line for goodness sake. And then the, the, these repulsor tanks and things yeah. like that coming through. So, you know, I, mean, I, I that that yeah, was that was a bridge were, too far for me, man. But land speeders know. were great because they were always very fragile. Mm. Although there was yeah, but that, just, that I one, never, I, one character who had a jet bike, but that's one yeah. character. It's rare. Well, it, you know, you can narratively look. You know that these uh, these things exist within that universe, so you can you can make the exception there. You can say, oh, he's coming through on this thing and he's captured or whatever. Th- that that's great. But you know, um, uh, I just I uh, what I always loved about forty k was what made each army different mm-hmm. from each other. Yeah, agreed. You know, I loved the 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 what were at the with the time they felt like solid barriers. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt not pass. You know, you uh, this is your this is your remit. This is your yeah. your 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 lane. You stick yeah. into your you stay in your lane. Yeah, and I like that because lane, oh, really? yeah, I like that because you know that was the challenge. You know, that mm-hmm. was. Um, uh, the, the, where you went with that army, but I think you know what you have is a bunch of dwarf players who are saying, "I don't want to stand back and shoot. I want to be able to get in and do somersaults and stuff like that." So they create elven dwarves. Do you know what I mean? You know, they're 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 servicing them weird dwarf players that that, that don't know what a dwarf is, and, and you know, and just won't accept what dwarves are not capable of. Ben, how do you feel about this? <laughs> Well, I, I made a I made a confession. I think was it last week that I'm, I actually quite prefer elves now. So. Oh, he's crossed the lines. Yeah. See, we're all changing, man. We're all changing. I got my box of crew coming in. I'm just waiting for like to be able to feel the proper crew army. You can now. You can. The, Look, the you're you're going to be when I say what that, I, like what, second edition Dark Eldar players. Yeah, and realize when I say waiting, I mean waiting for me to paint them too. They're ordered and they're bought, but they're not painted. <laughs> well, but there we go. That Some stuff wraps for, us up for the news this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's time to check out what the shiz is in the 3D printing world. Uh, 
And we are back for the latest of the shiz of the 3D printing world with The Lost Hobbyist. So this one I've had a quick glance at. I think it's going to be very cool. I think it's going to excite both Warren and Lloyd, but I'm going to pass it across to Ben to give you the details. Uh, <laughs> I'll do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well done, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> you asked for an intro. You didn't ask me to know about it. <laughs> so Nicely handled. So the interesting thing about this one is that I wanted to try and scroll down through like the list of stuff on tribes and try and find some stuff that was a little bit more kind of, you know, lower on the scale. It wasn't getting like a, so many people looking at yeah, it yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Try to get a few more eyes on some different creators and things. And so this one's the Lost Hobbyist, as, as Justin was saying. And they create a whole host of different uh, characters and stuff like that that could be used across a variety of different games, whichever one you wanted to go for. But the thing that I really, really liked about this is that it ticks so many boxes for me in the games and the things that I have loved um, from from my childhood and my teenage years and, of course, in my adult years as well. There's Mm -hmm. some really nice stuff in here for, like, Discworld. There's some very cool stuff for Monkey Island, which we'll look at later as well. And they also do absolutely quirky, weird stuff like a team of old men. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the, the uh, old barbarians who no longer can go down the dungeon. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah. you remember when we were young, let's have one last hurrah, but not down the dungeon on the blood. I blood actually blood. love that. It's I think really that really is cool. They, they've, esen- they've essentially taken Cohen the Barbarian from <laughs> Discworld and run with that as what a... What they've got as extended as a, family. They've got basically his extended family of old geezers uh, um, rolling around the tabletop. Have you like noticed that. just how long these loincloths are? Oh, <laughs> they have to be, don't they, really? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing something may be sagging. Yes, Pendulum. Do you know what would be hilarious um, when you painted them? Or if you could make the adjustment before you 3D printed them to have a little bit of stitching. So it looks like the loincloths have had to have bits stitched to it to extend the length of it over the years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so hang on, so hang on. That's the, the con beard. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> the thing that's quite interesting about all those shots is that they're from the front you don't know what it's like at the back so. oh here <laughs> if it's not as I expect I don't think it would be too much to take a bit of green stuff and <laughs> stretch it out <laughs> be like bad grandpa style <laughs> um, but it's just such a, it's, a, it's a quirky little collection of things that I think a lot of people will probably miss because you know if you click on a tribes page on my mini factory and you start to scroll down through, it's unlikely you're going to be scrolling all the way to the bottom and stuff. But seeing yeah. something like this, where it's getting maybe a handful of people looking at it every every month via Patreon or via tribes, you know this this stuff's amazing and it'd be great it for creating really unique stuff. Love like this. obviously, we've already seen an amazing unique fantasy football team there for a bit of blood bowl this is suddenly a great new set of essentially goblins for you to use in blood bowl but you could also use them for an army as well if you wanted to i have (laughs) him with his arse hanging out i have one (laughs) seen i was gonna say i have one seen a blue moon (laughs) (laughs) i like i like these as like angry smurfs although why is one wearing a helmet with the wee scottish hat on top oh there he is yep because he has to, he has yeah, to rep the stereotypes, them, yeah. doesn't he? So. <laughs> but yeah, I think they're very cool. You've also got loads of other bits and pieces that can be used yeah. for your fantasy football games, which is always nice to see. Uh, so you've got, and, and I think what's really nice about it is that the sculpting quality is great. Mm-hmm. Like, it is superb, I, isn't it? I, I think there's loads of detail worked into these, and as long as yeah. you get, you know, get things tuned in properly on your 3D printer. Yeah, I mean, no, well, these will clearly come out of a resin bar, mm, guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I, I do like the the hot cat seller. 
or sorry, hot dog seller. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Um, some of the other stuff that's really nice about it, if you go back to the the main selection of stuff and and scroll down a little bit, uh, there actually, is one have, I oh, want to so, see. So the you know to see the ones that's listed. <clears throat> You see the ones that are listed, the witches and the granny barbarians and the wizard's library and stuff nope. at the top of the page there? Up a wee bit, Lloyd, there. There we go, yeah. Mm. So you open those different sets along that line. So this is this will be great for people who want to get their hands on Discworld-adjacent things. So obviously they've taken that very much as the inspiration for this, and they've got a whole bunch of the different characters that would have appeared in the books and put their kind of unique spin on them, which I think is really nice. So they've got things like Granny Weatherwax and all that kind of characters and put them together as really nice little teams. <laughs> I ain't I I dead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, you know, for the, for those people that want to try and get their hands on a whole host of different characters that can be used um, to play out their fan- again their fantasy football games yeah. as the main as the majority of stuff for this, I think is great. But uh, yeah. yeah, and it comes with and without football related yeah. stuff. So you could, in theory, just uh, use this stuff in your D and D games yep. or magnetize for both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's amazing. I love those little walking brooms. I think they're mm-hmm. so cool. And using that Fantasia, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Proper Fantasia, yes. Yeah, I think that's really nice. <clears throat> if you go to the, uh, I think the Wizards Library one's pretty awesome as well. So that one there. So this is where oh, you get wow. your kind of, you get your kind of rinse wins and your other, your other wizards from the College of Atmore Pork. And you've got the librarian there on that awesome twisting stack of books, mm-hmm. which I think is just beautiful. I mean, Micro Art Studios do the official line of Discworld stuff, and that's fantastic, obviously. It's really good based on the artwork for the books and things. But it's really nice that. to see someone taking the idea of these characters and yeah. playing around them and giving them their own spin and things as well. I mean, that really could make good. like an epic uh, objective marker in some of your Oh, a super games. centerpiece. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that in a game. If Lloyd gets his 3D printer, we'll get him to print one of these yeah. for us. So. <laughs> Imagine that the library is in the center of a Frostgrave board. Yeah. Yeah. You have everyone trying to scale the library to get to the, you know, the occult uh, book on the top. Oh, of you want to do like Frostgrave Donkey Kong? Yeah. That'd be that cool. would be amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing. I like the idea of that. But look at oh, look at all those amazing characters with all their big wizards hats and things. And obviously, you could long use them beards. Your football team. Mm-hmm. I love the one little guy riding on a lightning cloud. The yeah. wizards it, are great because I like me some classical looking wizards with big mm-hmm. beards. Yes, yeah. Well, that, those two look like they're they've got some serious beard foo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is actually a book in the series. Uh, I think it's Unseen Academicals, which is about uh, the the different football teams of uh, Ant Morpork. So you could always use that as inspiration for your names and characters and things like yeah. that as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, oh, how cool is that? It's all your kind of old lady barbarians. <laughs> you, you can just imagine them chasing down the old barbarians going, why are you out here playing football? So if you ever wanted to know what Warzan's mum looked like, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is it. So, <laughs> oh, the harshness. Pretty guy, much, yeah. yep. <laughs> Barbar- barbarianness runs in the family. With oh family, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. one did you want to see, Justin? Uh, the tourist and his camera. So at the start of that row. So second row down, that first one, one in. Yep. Yeah. This one I think is just a really funky little fantasy piece where he's got a selfie stick. But it's just to be gobbling up top, just painting furiously. Yes. <laughs> there was some um, some kind of candy skull looking ones there, Lloyd. Um, if you scroll down a little bit, do you see the skeleton cheerleaders? Uh, I'm yeah. interested in what what's going on here. So there's puppets, there's cheerleaders, and there's undead sea skeleton stuff. 
Yeah, so, so do you know the candy skulls that are the the, the Mexican Day of the Dead kind of look? Yeah. Yeah, with yeah. all the little colored dots and stuff, mm. they'd be amazing painted up like that. Mm. Yeah, that well, could I be a lot of fun. They, they've t- while they've taken a lot of cues from uh, kind of Discordy stuff, they've also taken a lot of cues from the kind of point and click adventure games. Mm. So things like you know Monkey Island. Uh, and, I mean, if you got some like Aztec style Camry, perfect cheerleaders. Yeah. Day of Day of the Tentacles also been featured here as well. Um, that if you know Monkey Island, then you'll know. That character at the bottom who tries to sell you things all the time. <laughs> tries to sell you like pyramid schemes in boats and things, which is mm-hmm. quite funny. But you've also got loads of amazing little sort of undead monstrosities for, you, for using your games and things like that. But uh, even the components of these, if if you were trying to do like some terrain pieces, just having oh, like yeah, random yeah. rib cages and stuff that you can start laying into your terrain. <laughs> yeah. Very handy to have as just like a bits piece. Very much so. Yeah. Wow, you don't often get undead sharks. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It is amazing. What a flipping awesome find, Ben. Mm. Go back to the main to... thing, uh, Lloyd. There, do we see? Um, I really like a wee the... bit. So, what have we got here? Then we so have pirate characters. So you've got like Guybrush, Threepwood, and um, and all those different kind of characters. And also Hunter of the that. Cursed, uh, uh, Hunter of the Cursed Totem is in there as well. So, <clears throat> oh, the pirate, the undead pirates look amazing. Yeah. So if you if you wanted to do like uh, a fun little skirmish game based around a chuck and you know the curse of monkey island, then you could do that with all the different. Oh, Justin, done. Do you remember? Yeah, you, yeah. Do you know the way you're going to paint me a pirate army? <laughs> uh, War, th- this is Warren of the future speaking to Warren of the past, which is going <laughs> yeah. out in the future, but not in the past. <laughs> <laughs> do you know the way you're going to paint me a pirate army for blood and plunder? There's something you're into. Could you do these? If if the files are gotten, they could be run out. I'm happy to do some skelly bobs for you. And I I, I would love an undead blood and plunder army. <laughs> I think okay. that would be amazing. Okay, I can do you a hundred point list. Somewhere, so. somewhere, Jerry has thrown his incredibly accurate historical rigging in the bin and just. <laughs> why do I? Want it? <laughs> no, it'll, it'll if, if you watch the vlog, there is nothing historically accurate about the way I have put my force together. It'll, it'll be Mike going like, "No," because <laughs> when he was over, I was like, "Can I paint these all green as ghosts?" You'll do that, and he's gonna rock in and just be like, Open up the last two Lloyd there. Mode. Yeah, Hunter <laughs> of the Cursed Totem and the War Birds. Mm, I want to see um, the robot fantasy football as well. <laughs> Look at those. Oh, they're they cute. go with your Kurt army, Lloyd. Uh, chibi chocobo. They're very chickeny, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Well, crude are very chickeny, Lloyd. They're not this chickeny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, a moment's silence for the man that was murdered by a chicken there recently. What? There was a guy who was murdered <laughs> by a chicken. No, so what happened you. was... I don't believe you. He ran, he, he took in a murderous chicken because it was, it was violent, right? So he took this chicken in. Right. Now, from what I can gather in the news report, um, the chicken attacked him, okay, and uh, savaged his leg or something, and he bled out, right? So hang on, this thing flaps up and goes straight for the <laughs> the vein on the inner side of the leg, just... I, I, gotcha. I, I, this chicken knew what it was doing. It was it was murderous chicken, Justin. So the chicken was eating... sure this isn't an episode of South Park? No, 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 it's true, it's true. So the guy's daughter arrived, and she's quoted as saying, 
I, I arrived and I saw the, the huge amount of blood everywhere and I instinctively knew it was the chicken. Right. So it was, uh, so this murderous chicken, it happened in America, as all the great stuff does. Probably it was, was this. Yeah, but, mm. So it's, um, but yeah, murderous chicken. So do not underestimate just how dangerous cute, fluffy looking chickens can be. Or mm. people from Florida, apparently. Mm. Well, I, think, I say Florida. It may not have been Florida. I think Bill Bailey actually has a chicken that he's scared of, and he has to lock the door to his to his garden because he keeps trying to attack him. It's one of those like Chinese fighting ones. Dude, he I'm telling you, man, it's like <laughs> so, so I mean, Justin he has, a war, he has a war veteran chicken with yeah, PTSD. Does, yeah, yeah. Justin, so I'm telling you, man. Out. Like I know that your greatest fear is the mammoth, but I'm oh, telling I, you, man. I like mammoths. The, the chicken. Well, chickens. they are dinosaurs in disguise, after all. Exactly. That is true. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So go back, go back, Lloyd. Go back to the the warrior chickens. There, they would look amazing in your crude army, <laughs> wouldn't they? No, you could have crude riding around on the back of them. Shut. Down. I mean, you see, Shut if you down. wanted to do them, paint it up a little bit demonic for your Malifaux, is like some of your, you know, accounts uh, as for some of your gremlin-y stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like that. Oh, nice oh on them. That'd be nice. Justin, add them to my pirate army, okay, uh-huh. as rabid dodos. <laughs> I don't think there's rules for that. You'll need to speak to Mike. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. Want me to do right, so go to the hunters. <laughs> yeah. The, yes, this one. I love, ah. that got, I love that you've got the entire team of like actual players, and then you've got someone who's Indiana Jones, who's like stolen the ball. <laughs> That's something. amazing! A little bit of the rocket chase. Oh, oh, this that, is that a mask. wonderful it's, range. It's Crash Bandicoot. Uh, yeah, 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 it is. I've just, I, that's just tweaked for me. Thanks. Ooh, a, little, pl- a little play on Baba Yaga. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Riding around in the cauldron. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite cool. Oh, I love this. Really nice. Right, I'm show Justin the robots, and then we'll move on. <laughs> I, I went to see the robots. Is it the Rusty Robot Army? Uh, no, it's the Robot Fantasy Football. Oh, is Robot that, Fantasy Football. Out okay. of everything this guy's doing, I think that's why I'm loving the most is his different like <laughs> takes on fantasy football teams. That is, what do you call them, TikTok from Wizard of Oz 2. Yeah, it's a play on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as Return to Oz. I like yeah. their uh, modular. That's really cool. So yeah, you can add I, whatever arms and things on you like. That's cool. And I, I like the idea that they don't look like stompy robots. They're like going to be springing and bouncing all over the field. Yeah. Yes. That's really bouncy nice. robots. We paint like them that. up really, really well. So they'd be very quick to paint up and use on the tabletop. Yeah. Very nice. Or you can run them as like an alternate dwarf force because, you know, the big oh, in there, yeah. that could be your death ruler. That would be nice. That would be cool. I like that. Very cool. I like yeah. this a lot. Nice. Stuff. Really, really nice stuff. Yeah. Really well done to this fella. Lost hobbyist. Uh, they're available on Tribes. They also have a Patreon that you can go and sign up to. Uh, they do the same thing that everybody does, really. So every month you can go and sign up and get your hands on model- models. Or, of course, you can just go and download the ST- STL files that they've already been working on and oh. uh, bring them to the tabletop. So yeah. it's, a, it's got it's like a, a play on Sonic. Thing. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Not Dr. Eggman. <clears throat> Should have been with Jim Carrey. <laughs> well, that that is your lot for the for 3D printing is the shiz. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Right, Ben, take us out with a couple of Kickstarters. What have you found? 
Cool. So two Kickstarters. We're going to be kicking things off with Scale Seventy Five, who have hit up Kickstarter with their short campaign for Drop and Paint. Um, so Drop and Paint is their attempt to get more people doing airbrushing. Uh-huh. Essentially, airbrushing uh, for a lot of people tends to be one of those things that feels like a little bit of a hassle, I guess, because you have uh-huh. a lot of things you need to do. You need to clean things out and all that kind of thing. Well, they've tried to design this line of paints so that they are perfect for airbrushing however you want to go about it, essentially. So you do not need to thin these down. You don't need to put anything else with them. The formula in the bottle is airbrush ready. So you simply drop as much as you want into the top of the airbrush and you just get going. The other thing that's really nice about this is that they've said that it's got a slower drying time. So there's no worry of you, as they put in their, in, in their words, looking away for a second to go and do something else, coming back and realizing that all the paint is dried in your airbrush. It'll always be a, a quick and easy to clean out and all that kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. They've also designed it so that it can go down in nice layers. And also because of that slower drying time, they've done it so that you can quickly move between painting with your airbrush going in with the brush to do a little bit of wet blending and then going straight back to the airbrush to do finishing up and things, which Mm -hmm. is quite nice. Yeah. Obviously, one of the things a lot of people will say, and Justin actually brought this up as well when we were having chatting uh, sort of off camera, is, oh, if it dries slow, then that's going to be a bit of an issue. The interesting thing about that is that they've just said, well, if you just quickly run a hairdryer over it, because it's got such a, a thin layer of paint on the model, it'll dry almost instantly. So if you wanted to crack things out and get that done, then you could obviously do that. You don't want your airbrush stuff drying too quickly anyway, Justin. The reason is it can sometimes dry as it leaves the airbrush. Yeah, and you just get a dusty finish. You get a dusty finish. So it's a a benefit very much so in this. It makes it easier to use, sure. When it comes to painting quickly with an airbrush, though, isn't most of the hassle cleaning the airbrush constantly between colors? Well, but but the thing with this is that because 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 it's still wet, for such a long period of time, just dropping it into a... One of the things that I've heard a lot of people do is that they spend ages rushing to the sink to clean things out and go thing. Because of the way that the formula of the paint, this paint works, you can just dunk it into a, a bucket, swish it around, and effectively it'll be clean, and you can go straight on with the next one. I mean, I mean you see him using the different paints between stages in some of these, and the, the speed that he goes from one to the other is great and it seems like he you know he goes from one stage to the next very very quickly with this i don't know whether that's the case of him just being a better airbrush user or if this is just a case that the because of the formula of what they're doing for these uh just makes the process easier but yeah so you also have the option lloyd of you can get a bottle fed airbrush as well so instead of it being the top hopper it's a wee bottle that plugs in and so you just trade out your bottles and then just run through whatever's left at the head of it to get your next color ready yeah. yeah, I'm kind of interested in that sort of stuff. It's like slot it in and go. Yeah, I think I think the key thing for this is that it's no messing about. Mm. It's a, a, a range of paints. I think there's 128 that they've worked on that have been developed specifically for the idea of airbrushing. So you don't have to bother yourselves with loads of different formulas and mixing mm. and all that kind of different things. No, like one to however many parts of thinner and all that kind of stuff to make things flow from your airbrush. This has been designed so that it immediately works straight out of the gate. And I think for a lot of people, that'll bring down barriers to entry for airbrushing and, you know, make it something that a lot of people will give it a go. Which is cool because I can see, I can see seasons airbrushes going, this is a waste of time because you're going to cost you more for less and blah, blah, blah. But they're missing the point of that. Literally, I need to get started on this. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And having that one less thing to worry about is a good is a good yeah. way in. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Because yeah. I've, yeah. I've always wanted to, I should have started airbrushing. Well, I don't really have anywhere to put an airbrush, but one of the bars wasn't just the fact that I didn't have anywhere to put an airbrush. It was just like, uh, how do I mix the paint? Oh, can I be arse cleaning it between yeah. colors? Yeah. There's, well, there's, seven uh, days left on that one. Um, uh, fully funded. Um, probably if you haven't got into airbrushing yet, um, uh, this might be an interesting one for you to to dive into. I'll, I'll also say that they actually have got options on their Kickstarter. Pardon me for actually getting your hands on airbrushes as well and full mm-hmm. kits. So mm-hmm. if you're coming to this and you want to be like, I want to get a one stop shop of everything, then you can sort of get your hands on not just the color sets but also the the airbrushes as well at the same time so it's yeah. essentially a great way for you to get started and scale 75 are you know great with their paints yeah, anyway so definitely yeah they have a good paints. reputation on that there are there are two colors mm. from this entire range that i would like to see going down the red and the yellow because they're always a bit of a problem child color mm. well there we go that's something what's next ben? <laughs> uh moving on to our, our next and final kickstarter uh, we're going to be looking at the work from maglet um so maglet did a lot of stuff uh, i think it was a couple of years ago was it just last year where they created a set of retro dwarves for your sci-fi wargaming it may have been because everyone was starting to think about uh, the leagues of votan i think it probably was uh, but the, so this is them coming back to kickstarter with space dwarves operation army 2 oh do uh, and so this is their revamping of the range, as well as adding to uh, building on it with a whole bunch of additional options. So they've gone back to the infantry models that they did previously, and they've made them, as you can see there, wider, bigger, and chunkier, <laughs> and heavier, to make them more like dwarves, obviously. The wider, the better. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go up, you want to go out. That's the way to go with dwarves. Uh, so they've revamped those, and they've also made it so that you can do a lot more converting with the models. So they've done it so that arms and weapons can be switched out nice and easily allowing you to make some more diverse squads for use in your games the squads themselves still have that much uh that much older retro aesthetic to them so kind of like 80s 90s versions of squats from games workshops past uh but they should obviously fit in with anything that exists out there in 28 mil and what you've got playing around at the moment which is quite nice and as you can see there's a nice selection of different things for you to play with there they've also been working on, on upgrading their exo armor stuff so they've got the exo armor suits that you can see there which are your big kind of like walking eggs <laughs> which is quite cool um again this, this does give me return to oz vibes <laughs> again repping that kind of old school you know retro vibe but then obviously because there's more vehicles come out for the <laughs> leagues of votan and things people are looking for some alternatives and so they've done both wheels which is nice for those who prefer their ground-based stuff and also hover versions of their trikes alongside the exo armor. So the exo armor has been designed so that it can fit into these vehicles now, and then can be used to play around with these little vehicles and stuff, which I think is really nice. So if you wanted to add some scouting um, stuff into the mix, you can do, which I think is quite cool. Um, Pledge-wise, the way that this works is that it's done on the kind of make 100 scheme. Um, So there are 100 pledges where you pledge just like a euro as you can see there but then once you've done that you then use the add-ons in order to pick what you want from the different sections so it's very much a kind of like dive in and just choose what you want and grab bag Mm -hmm. kind of thing Um, and you'll be able to add things to your basket and sort of create your own army and things as of the time of filming this there were like 42 41 places left uh, as part of the Kickstarter, and there are three days left for you to get involved with this. So there's still plenty of spaces for those people that want to dive in and get their hands on the models. When it comes to materials and stuff, 
it's all going to be done in high quality resin so you're not going to lose any of that detail or anything like that um you may have seen some stuff that was i think curious on, on from on tabletop had actually painted up some of these mm. I think it was curious or was it peers had done some of these and actually did some really nice versions of the models and painted them up for their blog and stuff. Um, I'll see if I can grab the link and drop into the show notes for later and things. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in picking up some awesome sci-fi dwarves with a retro vibe, then definitely go and have a look at what Maglet has to offer because, um, you know, once they're off Kickstarter, you might not be able to get them for a little while again. So yeah, you should dive in and have a look at this. I, I kind of like the idea that it's sort of an all-you-can-eat buffet style thing. For a Kickstarter where it's just coming <laughs> and pick the bits you, you like. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, But you need to be quick. Only three yeah. days left on that Kickstarter, guys. So a few slots. again, funded, get stuck in, but um, don't wait around. <laughs> three days. Time. It's going to be like one day by the time. Right. It'll be one day to go. One day to go. Oops. Right. That wraps us up for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. As re- Remember, as always, go and... Okay, here we go. Smash that like button. Okay. Yeah, hit yeah. that subscribe button. Yeah. And tinkle a little notification bell, which go. means that when the weekender comes out, you get a notification of it. Mm-hmm. Hey. That hasn't exhausted you. Come on over to ontabletop.com. Swing. Yeah, and uh, join up, join up to our Cult of Games membership, and you can uh, chillax with us on Sundays um, on the XLBS show, where we um, let our hair down, chillax with our community, and yeah, have a lot of crack. I believe this Sunday you're showing us your tool. I am, I am going to take you on a journey through my opinion on um wargamer bo- fabrication if we, if <laughs> if as wargamers we could set up we could have a shed where we can just make stuff so not a, not a place for gaming it's all about making and fabricating and i'm going to run through some of the more uh, some of the cool less obvious kind of tools and bits and bobs that are out there that might be worth having a look at and we can talk about the pros and cons of them so we'll see how that goes hmm. right We'll skedaddle. And if we don't see you before then, we'll see you next week. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.